Deutsch. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. So turn on my microphone. Good afternoon, peeps. How are you? A little bit afternoon, Central Time. It is a beautiful day in the Texas Hill Country, and we're going to get out there in an hour or so, or however long uh, we spend time with Bear Paul Lando and throw the ball in the creek for my furry friend Doodle, which is her most favorite thing in the world to do. And I, I kind of like to do it, too. Uh, we're going to have some fun now. If you'd like to join the show, you can do it by calling 888-663-6386 or do the email thing, patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Bear Paul Lando is with us. He's a cool guy. He's founder and formulator of Alpha Vedic. That's the name of his website, alphavedic.com. He is uh, an eclectic kind of a guy. Uh, he, he created the word eclectic, and he was a phys- he's a physician, kinesiologist, you know that thing with the feet, uh, and kinesiologist, functional <laughs> movement specialist, master gardener. I can't even say it, so I can't even be one. And uh, he's a fun guy, and he's way up there on the California Oregon border, and he's off the grid. One of my heroes. It's uh, I think I can bring up his picture and say hi. Mr. Lando, uh, good to have you here. Nice, great to see you. Patrick, a pleasure to be here with you. It's like an old friend uh, oh, we get whenever we get together, so I always look forward to these. And I think I've mentioned you before, you know, long before I got dragged out in front of a mic here. You were always <laughs> my favorite show oh. from years back. Oh, well, thank you very much. So you just got back from visiting... Uh, uh, relatives in South Southern California. How was it down there as far as friends, Turkey, freedoms? What, what was going on? What's your, what was your experience? Well, overall, normie world was bizarre in the extreme <laughs> because we live up here in the backwoods and don't have to deal with all the yeah. shenanigans going on, you know, in, in civilization. But it was great because, uh, you know, I was with my kids and grandkids and they have a great place, uh, right at the beach there i got to watch my uh grandkids already shredding in waves even though oh. they're only about nine years old so uh, so they're good they're taking after grandpa uh-huh uh-huh and then you how long were you down there a week or so yeah we were down there for a week and uh that was enough you know we we were starting to crave uh, fresh air and fresh water and and seeing people's faces again yeah tell folks about uh your landscape where you live it's just to me it's like Whoa, so fascinating. I want to get up there and visit. But tell folks about where you are. And you're off the grid, right? You're off the grid? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there's no power lines or um, hmm. or cell towers, at least for an hour. Wow. You know? And you have to get up, uh, uh, you know, windy roads for, for a good time just to get here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're surrounded by national forest. Wow. And uh, we have rivers uh, all over the place. I can look out my window and see waterfalls right now. Uh, And the salmon are running up here. We've got bears just cruising over the property. Uh, We grow medicinal herbs. You know, we're Uh in our sixth year at this farm. We had a farm before that we developed over nine years. And then the uh, cannabis industry kind of uh, (laughs) started ruining the rivers and things there. So we moved to you know, more pristine surroundings. 
And uh, we have a convergence of three mountain ranges here, and mm. it's just, it's beautiful. We wow. have a lot of Native Americans that still live in the surrounding hills, and uh, Sasquatch is uh, also alive and well up here. Sasquatches, are, the, are those, uh, are those uh, what I think they are, Sasquatches? Bigfoot. Bigfoot. So they, they're real. Now, they're real. Well, I've never had a close encounter myself, <laughs> but uh, you talk to the natives around here and, you know, they've all got Sasquatch stories and I tend to believe it because you see a lot of crazy wildlife here that you don't see anywhere else. The other night after a rainstorm, we went out and we saw this salamander that we never saw. It was about this long wow. and it had strange markings. We looked it up. It's called a rare giant salamander that's unique to this area. And then... Uh, people in this uh, region they claim that they've seen them up to seven feet long which uh, would be kind of scary but i've never seen one that big so i heard of any sasquatch are there there are they are they human do we know what they are i have no idea <laughs> um the uh, Native Americans seem to think they're somewhat interdimensional and uh -huh. they can appear and reappear at will and that they're uh, always a step ahead of us yeah. when most people don't see them. And you see them when uh, they want you to see them. In fact, I had a, uh, hmm. a friend over here, uh, you know, right before my trip, who's a Native American from the area. And he was telling me about his Sasquatch story when he uh, was working for the forestry and he was way out in the wilderness and came across one and actually had a little bit of communication with him and then uh, did a little ceremony and assured that, you know, his, the Bigfoot's whereabouts would never be revealed. And, and that was it. You know? so, well, yeah, <clears throat> it's nice to be in a part of the world where there's still a little bit of magic still alive. Yeah. I had a friend of mine uh, who was way down in somewhere way south america peru area and water and he's way out there he's one of us but he says that mermaids exist like that there's really mermaids in the ocean that they're magical too and they you can kind of see them when uh, they want you to isn't that cool it is cool and you know we could get into it if you want, but there is a, a, a real science that's been hidden from us when we moved into pure scientism, hmm. and that would explain uh, those interdimensional beings and what they really are. Well, let's do talk about it. What fun. You know, I kind of got the idea over the last couple of years that just through our state of consciousness that we do become invisible. Or I would, you know what I'm saying? I mean, a year and a half ago, I would go into the post office and they've got signs everywhere. You gotta wear a mask, everybody's got a mask. And I just went in there and it's like they didn't even see me. They never said you gotta wear a mask. So I kind of think I was invisible, but that's just me. It's called the cloak of invisibility. Is it? And uh, if you just kind of shrink your energy uh, in a little bit, uh, people don't notice you as much. There's yeah. really a lot of truth to that. Is there? It feels Absolutely. like it. And it would almost, and it's almost kind of fun to think about uh, in our culture if we're really beginning to get more settled into our own reality, you know, with politics and vaccine or whatever, right? That it's almost like the other reality only exists if we believe it exists. And they don't believe we exist, so they don't even see us, maybe. Can you, you got, you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, it's a level of mastery. You know, if we could see our energetic bodies, there's tentacles going back and forth all the time, you know, between ourselves and those around us. So if we develop the ability to withdraw all of our projections and opinions about everything, lose Uh all of our attachments about anything, then, you know, we aren't sending out those little signals to other folks to get their attention in the first place. That's that's a real thing. So if we are not reacting to others or believe that they're real just let them go you know no issue you know you're good whatever they don't do they you think it uh it's not that they don't see us or they don't care or both it's both because all of us you know through the principle of resonance are communicating with each other all the time all the time so if we're on that all the time it's impossible not to (laughs) so when we uh you know again are not projecting or opinioning about other people Mm. then at least on that egoic level we're not engaging with their ego and they have no interest in you it's only when you engage on that level and then of course the real mastery is to get to that place where you're in the world but not of it yes sir and uh, so that you can exist side by side, do your work, you know, to bring about purposeful change on the planet, but do so in the spirit of, uh, of non-adversarial. And it's tough these days because, you know, my uh, normal temperament is with what's going on. I feel like punching somebody out all the time. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's the, uh, you know, that's the... Um, that's the dance, you right? You know, the... Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, and that's the opportunity in the times we live, and that's why we're playing the game. Hmm. So, so you're, I hear you saying that's why we're here, to learn how to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. It feels it's like. It's mastery. Yeah, and it's, it feels like. Yeah, and it's that old, yeah, and it's, it's tough, you know, it's the school of hard knocks, and that old saying where angels fear to tread, there are many cosmic beings throughout the universe, and not everybody has the courage well we wouldn't say you know cosmic beings aren't courageous but not everybody chooses to have this experience because it is tough Mm -hmm. and there are certain teachings that tell us that behind the scenes we've got a lot of help from those benevolent beings Uh, and at the same time uh, as we move through this schoolroom and become very esteemed for having do it within their eyes then they will when this planet is more of a uh, let's just say um, a more gentler place, then we will be assisting them that choose to come in at that time and we'll be doing what they did for us. So that's kind of a neat concept, I think. Oh, yeah, really. I really like that. So do you think then other than earthly beings, which there certainly are, uh, come to those or appear to those or in- interact with those who actually believe that they exist and want their help and talk to them and just like, just like you and I do with other people. Absolutely. And we're all capable of that. And that's where the the true science comes in, the, the science that's been occulted to us because, of course, the science that we consider science now is uh, a religion, and it's the furthest thing from science in the world. So let's talk about the difference between scientism, what's going on now, and the real science of how Oh, we are, you and I, how we are connected. Okay. So, um, you know, way back when, uh, when 
let's just say the materialist, reductionist, the harmonic influences that are alive and well right now, uh, you know, came more into prominence and started making their move. Uh, what they had to do is um, hide a lot of the truth of our universe. And the fact is, is that if you were to look at all of the fabric of creation and just overlay, you know, thin little strands of what we call materialism, you know, and, and those of us that have embodied and fixated our consciousness on those threads, it's a very, very small uh, you know, part of consciousness. Now, there are beings uh, within those other realms, and we can talk more about the actual proof that this actually exists. But some of those beings are very indifferent to us and don't even know we exist. They're like fish swimming around in their own water. And uh, then there are some of those beings that are a little bit more mischievous, we'll say, and try to contact us if we try to contact them first through the psychic plane and the psychic plane, uh, you know, uh, enter at your own risk, um, you know, is something that we shouldn't play around with. And then there are more benevolent etheric beings who will not intervene and interfere with our experience. On the other hand, they're always planting seeds and trying to prompt us into a higher realm of being. So that's all happening side by side. Because they're working their job is to work for the betterment, betterment of the whole. And if they find someone like you or Patrick or our listeners that are willing to engage in that productivity, they'll, they'll help us out. Exactly. But, you know, you can't fake it. You can't just nope. uh, do little meditation <laughs> seminars and wear some peace beads or, or say I'm a good guy. Oh, come on, man. We can't you wear know, peace beads. <laughs> come on. <laughs> I, I like peace beads. Yeah, so do I. I like peace loving I've hippie own, beads. I've got my own things I wear. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, but, um, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, you, you know, you, you, there's no playing around, you know, your, your um, let's just say your electronic levels beyond your uh, physical body, so-called, it tells them exactly where you're at on every single level. So, no lying as far as they're concerned. You know, there was, um, when all of this started getting occulted, the first thing they did is they did away with the concept of ethers. Ether. Huh. And now the ether, yeah. Now there's four levels of ether. We can go into those. Uh, but for now, ethers are the living intelligence. You know, between you and I, you're a few thousand miles away, uh, but there really is no time and space. And the reason why you and I are communicating right now is with crude electronic energy that is sending waveforms through the atmosphere and picked up with an antennas that modulate that and so forth. Mm -hmm. Okay, but on other levels, uh, that's even more expedient when you can get away with the dirty electronics and just that crude level of communication. And so uh, that resonance also you know, they're waves, they're waveforms, and just like waves in the ocean, they have to have, you know, waves have to have a medium in order to be waves. And that medium is the ethers. And the ethers is, you know, we can talk about the four different levels. And two of those levels coincide with, um, you know, in waveform mechanics, what we would uh, consider more the radiation dispersion cycle. Uh, you know, every thought form that we have creates an electrical vector that then creates uh, this kind of dual hydraulic pump on that etheric level. And then the, uh, the, the, the part that 
you know, where the rubber meets the ground is, uh, you know, where it uh, cyclically goes into compression and, and compacts data that becomes visible to our physical senses. But that dual simultaneous action is going on moment by moment to create the next frame. Now, the ethers, when you understand the four levels of ethers, then that coincides with the radiation cycle and the compression cycle, if you want to get into the crazy physics. Wow, yeah, kind I love of stuff. the crazy physics. And, yeah. So, what so are the four... That's, uh, what are the four yeah forms of, of ether and, and and we've been learning a lot about how um, long ago four five six hundred seven hundred years ago they would get energy out of the ethers with the you know with the with the you know mm-hmm. antennas and, and all that and they had electricity mm-hmm. is is, is that separate from the ethers that you and I use to to communicate no not at all it can't be separate because it's uh, all in, in the, it's in all the one end. right yeah there is there can only be one right Whoa. i know it's so, <laughs> so cool when you think yeah. about that there's just one no matter what you do mm-hmm. you just can't be separating from anybody anything god spirit raccoons bears man we we whoa that's pretty trippy when you think about it isn't it i love it i love it yeah and and we're all given free will to paint on our own little section of the canvas or the ethers or the orgone as reich talked about it and uh you know that's that's uh, really an amazing opportunity and what they did is they first of all said there's no such thing as ether there's only this space this void well you know there's no such thing and the ether is a living intelligence that if you want to look at physical matter which includes is, includes our biology there are inorganic elements that then interact with organic elements that are actually in the atmosphere and that precipitates matter and that matter takes on the characteristics of every thought and feeling that we entertain whoa you are so geeky i just love talking to man this is so cool (laughs) it's just like so um uh, when who are they that tried to turn this around and how long ago was it I don't know about the ability, our ability to put exact dates on it, but mm-hmm. I think it's helpful to understand that with heat sensitive photography, um, it allows us to take pictures on those etheric realms. And people such as Reich first laid the groundwork to make that possible. Mm-hmm. Now, there are individuals out there who have made a lifetime endeavor of this, and their photography not only reveals that there is substance, but there are, just like if you look at the milieu of the outside and inside of our bodies, is teeming with microorganisms. Kind of ironic that we're afraid of microorganisms <laughs> right now. Yeah, right. So, yeah. So, now, when you take that specialized equipment you can photograph and there's ample uh, photographs available for anybody that does research of creatures vehicles and life forms of every imaginable type and a lot of what we are cons- uh, consider ufos are actually from the interdimensions and many pictures have been taken of them and have nothing to do with interplanetary travel or interstellar travel. So they would be more maybe astral or causal or mental plane, that kind of thing? And they're only 
they're only available to see from people who want to see them badly enough and look at look closely enough well for those that are capable within themselves of let's just say altering their residence so that they are now on a compatible residence to communicate on that level Uh which means you've got to do a little bit of work to um get less attached to this level yeah so that you are capable of doing that so in general the less attached we are to physical reality and what we what looks like solid stuff which really isn't solid as you know you're you, you understand this the the more we're able to actually see a more finer vibration more of the inner worlds just by letting go of the idea exactly. that this is real exactly and the four levels of the ethers if you just want to loosely yeah. term them the first one you know that comes out of pure consciousness you can call it god you can call it whatever you want it's the same thing but the first one is heat heat there's and that's created from electrical vectors being uh, materialized by the presence of a conscious being capable of conscious thought or unconscious thought uh the next level down from that um you know would be light and uh, and there's certain geometries associated with each level too and after light you have chemistry chemistry also is the one not just molecules but it gets into the resonance of numbers that has significance and especially in my field of medicine we were able to figure out people before me were able to figure out the resonant numbers for every organ in the body and so forth and then uh, able to you know diagnose and also treat by reestablishing proper resonance but then that resonance uh, at that chemical number level uh, then the final one is life and then that is what we are experiencing at our level the simulation and just like most of us unaware of those life forms in those other dimensions of ethers there are beings on those levels that are similarly unaware of us and hypnotized into that realm as well then there are more elevated beings that are the ones that are the benevolent ones helping us that can come and go through different levels or octaves of reality as they will so that would um uh, encourage an interesting uh, idea of the argument of different religions have different um heavens on different planes but it doesn't mean that you can't go further because right they're they're hypnotized and that's not a bad word not not criticizing just like we're hypnotized that we're in physical reality they're hypnotized on this this level and they're in heaven and they'll stay there as long as they want until they figure out that they can go more further uh universes within universes and uh, everybody's having similar experiences and what we have to entertain is even what we consider inorganic matter like the elements on the periodic table they are too going through transitions every single moment where hydrogen is eventually going to become gold and carbon and back full circle to hydrogen again and there's different octaves and tonal fields within each octave and walter russell's the best guy that laid all that out and proved it and um so all the science is there uh the science that i had to learn in medical studies uh was you know some half truths 
uh-huh. just enough to keep you in the game and, uh, you know, engage you so that you become a gatekeeper for that medical system and science in general. And then some of us, for whatever reason, just came in with a little bit of a memory, you know, maybe the veil's a little bit thinner than the average bear. So then, you know, that allowed, uh, you know, myself early on in my career, I just was questioning things all the time because when I was in medical school, stuff just didn't add up. And uh, finally, I just shut up because <laughs> nobody would answer my questions and I was just considered a nuisance. So, okay, I'm going to get my degree and get the heck out of here and yeah. go, you know, go on with my business. So I, uh, we're breathing a lot of hydrogen almost every day for two years. So I'm going to turn to gold if I keep breathing it. Is that the idea? <laughs> you, you just might. Uh, well, the fact is, is you are a composite of every element, uh, you know, in creation. Every element. I've got my hydrogen water right here, so. Ah. You have a machine that makes that, or? Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah so do we. Uh, so, hydrogen, is it, it really is, is it the most prolific molecule ever, anywhere? No. Yeah, you know, the curious, well, there's a lot of curious things about it. Number one is um, oxygen we get externally, but we make hydrogen within our own bodies. So it's kind of an inside job. And I believe that when we, um, you know, start doing some of those things we're talking about, just working on our inner game, then we make more of it. And I've seen, uh, you know, with my own eyes, people get better from a lot of things just when they up their hydrogen. The other curious thing about hydrogen is when you go into Walter Russell's cosmogony, which uh, talks about the periodic table of elements, and yeah. you know, like we, you and I learned in high school, and I had to go, you know, beyond that. Um, you know, you have that kind of flat diagram, but it really should, those elements should be on a spiral and that spiral is moving in a direction and it goes through nine octaves and each octave has seven different tonal fields. Now, the, the octave that you and I play on is a carbon octave, you know, we're the carbon life forms. And so in the carbon octave, uh, you know, the way you get into it is by way of hydrogen. It's the first one that appears on the horizon of our little playground. And it just is coincidentally at 33 degrees if you measure it on a waveform. And then if you go all the way up to carbon, which is perpendicular, the most stable, uh, you know, element within our realm, which is why we're carbon life forms. It sustains our, what we think of as physicality. But, you know, hydrogen is, is uh, it's, it's the portal. And then there's, uh, you know, at each octave, there's inert gas portals, our portals, helium. And interestingly enough, when you breathe helium, it's actually like a, a variant of hydrogen and also can be very good, hmm. uh, you know, for our, our well-being. If you're on hold, stay there. We have a caller. Let me finish up with this idea. So do we know, like I breathe the Brown's gas machine and you, you make your own hydrogen, you drink, the, and we drink the water too. Do we know what it's really doing? Most of the people feel it's a number one antioxidant if we oxidize biomolecules, but it's a food really too, isn't it? Hydrogen is a food? Absolutely. And hydrogen and these other elements that we think are gaseous, are actually what allow us to precipitate matter and maintain our being at the cellular level because, um, again, that is a resonance. It works with other 
inorganic elements, you know, we could think of the 12 cell salts, for instance, and then those create the resonance to precipitate by way of hydrogen and those other gases in the ethers and precipitate our entire reality, including our very bodies. But you're thinking because with our state of consciousness, just because whatever, we can talk about that, then we actually make, we're making more hydrogen as we're maybe getting younger or healthier or more higher vibration just yeah i i'm convinced of that mm. and of course um you know more molecular perspective is that hydrogen is an antioxidant you know a lot of people sure. say that they'll say that about sure. a lot of things antioxidants come in different molecular sizes and they have different functions they aren't all the same and like anything you can have too much of anything the unique thing about hydrogen is it actually allows uh the body to if you have too much uh antioxidants something like glutathione which is you know a very beneficial substance you can also have too much so hydrogen will modulate in either direction it'll dampen down hmm. if you have too much wow. or uh, elevate glutathione levels if you don't have enough well that's pretty fun i like it more already already uh, uh, uh bear uh paul lando is with us thanks so much for coming on the show man you're you're fun to talk to man i'm just having a good time uh let me let me pitch our little <laughs> hydrogen machine here for a second and uh, we have a great one and uh, you can do it it's a browns gas hydrogen machine check it out this conversation goes back seven years with dr patrick flanagan listen and then I discovered uh, that Hunza water also contained negative ionized hydrogen, which is a source of biological electrons. When we're young, we have enzymes in our body called dehydrogenase, and the purpose of dehydrogenase is to lift off hydrogen ions from foods we eat, and, and their purpose is to create NADH, which is a chemical that acts as a shuttle in the mitochondria for producing uh, all the energy in our body, adenosine triphosphate. And when people take this, it, it causes DNA repair. It heals the body from uh, all kinds of oxygen-free radicals. It also helps the body recover from damage from radiation. Well, we certainly want some of this stuff, right? Check out our AquaCure machine. AquaCure machine on oneradionetwork.com, lifetime warranty, and along with a lifetime warranty, a one-year, no-questions-asked, money-back guarantee. If you don't like your results, breathe the gas, bubble the water, listen to what Dr. Flanagan has to say about this and others. The AquaCure machine on oneradionetwork.com. Use promo code OneRadio, 10% discount. For my first meal of the day, I like to make a blended drink, and I'm always basing my blended drinks around colostrum. Colostrum adds so much creamy flavor and texture that if you don't have it, smoothies start to seem a little bit watery to me. Now I'm going to be combining it with a bunch of other ingredients, but it really is the all-star. Colostrum has so many health benefits. Probably it's best known for its effects on the immune system. There's actually an article in PubMed showing colostrum to be three times more effective against flu and flu symptoms than flu vaccines are, even in high-risk patients. It's incredible for fighting flu and other viral-type infections. 
It's also really good for building lean muscle mass. In fact, it contains all 89 of the known mammalian growth factors. It's also very good for the gut lining. So people who suffer from things like Crohn's, IBS, uh, leaky gut syndrome, a lot of those folks are using colostrum in the regenerative process to heal and restore their gut lining. And one of the things I love about it is that it's a complete food. So colostrum contains everything a mammal needs to thrive. It contains all of the essential amino acids. It contains all of the essential lipids or fats. It contains all of the essential glyconutrients. Those are essential sugars that we need for our immune function. So it's got all of that and all those growth factors, which means this is really a complete food for human beings or for any other mammals. tastes great. It's got the fuel I need to get through the day and it's got all those added health benefits thanks to the colostrum too. We love this product and have for years. I discovered a really cool thing. I have some grass-fed uh, milk, uh, really, really nice product raw. And then I put colostrum in with a little bit of cardamom and some sugar. Thanks to Ray Pete, I'm not a sugar. Uh, sugar's not a devil anymore and I, I love it. And I do good with sugar. It's crazy. Anyway, and, and then, boy... I, you know, I'm up in the middle of the night working on my screenplay one, two, three o'clock in the morning. I don't sleep much. And then I, but I can drink this and then I go back to sleepy by and it's, it's kind of fun. I think you'll like it. It's just a great product and it's a, a from Colostrum, uh, from Sir Thrival on any Sir Thrival link on our website. We came in contact with Andreas uh, uh, Wechter uh, years ago. He uh, was a, a gold medalist guy uh, from Germany. And you can imagine uh, Russia, uh, Germany, either Germany or Russia, and they wanted him to win, as they do, and so they would shoot him up with steroids and gave, gave him all that kinds of stuff, almost killed him. And uh, he, a friend of his, uh, start squeezing fresh pressed flax oil and bring it to him every day, and he actually was able to escape from the hospital, and he said, this is what's uh, saved me. And so he has a company now, Andreas Seed Oils, and... Uh, you know, being a German, a German, uh, he he wanted to create oils that were not uh, toxic and not been oxidized, and so he created uh, 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 technology to squeeze these seeds uh, with very very little pressure and very little heat, is which causes oxidation. And he puts it in a Myron glass, and he has things like black cumin seed, uh, coriander. Uh, hemp seed oil, pumpkin seed oil, uh, black sesame seed oil. Uh, and I think he's also got one now. Oh, he does have one because I have it downstairs. And boy, it's really fun. And it's milk thistle oil. Can you imagine squeezing milk thistle seeds? Do you know how small milk thistle seeds are? Come on. But it's it's really fun. And these oils, you know, there's a lot of talk, uh, Ray Pete and all that about PUFAs. Most of these are not polyunsaturated fatty oils. And even the ones that are, I think, I think what flax and hemp has some PUFA. But I think all of the PUFA research, my own opinion, has been done with oils that, uh, uh, you know, you don't even want to take, God knows what they, what they do to you. Anyway, but there's some great oils. I like the pumpkin seed oil, uh, and the coriander is brilliant. It's a, it's a great product, uh, great company, and they're all in Myron Glass, and they have 35% off right now, and he's... Uh, kind of carried over uh, this uh, uh, Black Friday sale. 35% Andreas Seed Oils, oneradionetwork.com. Click and get some. 
I ordered a few yesterday. Know the Source on One Radio Network. There's a mountain man up in uh, California, Oregon border, and he's off the gritty, and uh, uh, Bear Paul Lando, uh, alphavedic.com. How do you spend most of your days these days? What do you, what do you, do, what do you do? What do you do with your time? Uh, right now I'm building a new greenhouse. Uh-huh. Uh, before our trip, I finished our harvest. Uh, you know, our main crop is Jiao Gulan. So I beg your part. Wait a minute. Like, what? Jiao Gulan? Uh, sorry. It's called Jiao Gulan or uh, Gynostema would be the, the Western name for it. Jiao Gulan is the Chinese medicine name. Uh, I kind of fell in love with it a long time ago, and it's not supposed to be grown out of the semi-tropics. You know, it's right. from southern China and Indonesia. And so I started growing it uh, in the Pacific Northwest here. I've really got the hang of it now, and, and it's climatized on my property. So we have huge harvest every year. We make a line of teas and everything. So, uh, you know, mostly just on, on the ground. Uh, I'm preparing new planting beds, uh, you know, throughout the winter. We do sacred geometry kind of forms with rocks and things. I bet you do. Uh, based on <laughs> principles of uh, biogeometry, you know, which I'm, wow. you know, trained in. And uh, so I'm laying out the new expansion uh, areas for next growing season. So we, we work through the winter, but it's a little less hectic in the winter because we get a lot of rain here in the wintertime. And, you know, it, it allows for a little indoor creative uh-huh. time. So I want to get some of those oils, by the way. Oh, those look phenomenal. They're brilliant. They're beautiful oils. I mean, yeah. you can taste those. And, man, it's like, whoa, you, you know, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to order some as soon as I hang oh, up good. here. Yeah, yeah. I also want one of your water machines here. And I know the gentleman behind the machine knows a lot more about, you know, that sort of thing than I do. So, oh, you mean I've the hydrogen? I've a few times. So. The hydrogen? Yeah, yeah. So, I really want to, yeah, I want to yeah. get one of those. George is cool. He's a good man. And, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, let me know. Email me, and I can hook you up for a little bit bigger discount than just because your family. Ooh. Oh, cool. Just email me. Sweet. Yeah, I, I'm breathing mine all the time. I'm rebounding in the morning, breathing the hydrogen. <laughs> It's great. So that machine, uh, does that allow you to breathe as well as make water? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We breathe. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. I got a cannula, a 25-footer. going to get one. I walk around the, you know, I write on my, you know, work, and you just walk around with it, and then you can make, the, and you drink the water as well. Yeah, you breathe. Oh, fantastic. Okay, yeah, I'm getting Yeah, one. just email me, and we'll hook you up. So, um, okay, thanks. So this, I'm going to go back to this. Gyostema, what do you do with all this product? And can we get some of that too? I want to try. What is it good for? What is, what's it, what's it going to do for me? Well, it's on my website. Okay. Uh, Gyostema is, or Jaogulan, it's, you know, the, the term adaptogen is too loosely used these days. Adaptogen uh-huh. meaning something that's going to help your body be more resilient against all the stresses that face us these mm-hmm. days and what mm-hmm. our body's being assaulted with. Um, but uh, it is truly. Um, uh, an adaptogen, and it's been found uh, probably to be the most versatile herb in Chinese medicine. You know, I was trained in Chinese medicine uh, after my conventional training, and it um, it helps repair DNA uh, terminal endpoints called telomeres. It uh, you know that word again, antioxidant is great for cardiovascular uh, you know um, effects as well, and it's really good for athletic performance. And I'm 
an old aging jock, but I still have a high level of, you know, activity oh. that, you know, I'm required to do around here and still train and, you know, work in a martial arts. And, you know, so I do my Jaguar tea every morning and it's a great thing. And then I have uh, a similar smoothie to what Daniel was showing yeah. there. I was and you put, you can actually put it right in the smoothie. In so you put a powder in uh, the well, smoothie? Well, no, I drink that first and okay. then I do the smoothie after. I like to separate them a little bit. But I, you know, I like to, you know, have my smoothie. I do colostrum and a few other things that he uses there. Oh, that's So fun. it's a great way to so really power So if we wanted to experience the, uh, what's the fancy word again? How do you say it? Jiao? Uh, Jiao Gulan. Jiao Gu. I-A-O, Jiao, second word, Gu, G-U, and then third word, Lan, L-A-N. L-A-N. And if we want to experience that, mm-hmm. would we? can we get some uh, tea from alphavedic.com and make tea? That's a way to do it? You could. Uh, we also have it in some of our other products. I grow a lot of other things besides um, Jiao Gulan. You know, I'm staring at a big ashwagandha patch outside oh. my window. We've got... Uh, you know, trees, medicinal trees. We're just installing uh, a very large size pond where we're going to have a lot of aquatic botanicals Ooh. in there that are also, uh, um, hmm. um, you know, very medicinal. And uh, I'm also uh, have plans, hopefully this winter, to build a reactor so that we can start a bioreactor so that we can uh, grow spirulina and algae, chlorellas and things under controlled conditions. Interesting. We have a product... Uh called uh, bio superfood do you know that one and this was developed in russia and in a bioreactor from uh oh yeah uh-huh. it's pretty cool and uh they've got oh, all these different compounds in it it's quite a story um uh, the russian government uh, invested millions into this it was a uh, dr kiriak and then it all fell apart when uh, um the nuclear thing what's the name of that place when the you know in chernobyl yeah chernobyl and it all fell apart and then he moved to canada and it's a, it's all in a bioreactor and he uses this water that's like billions of miles under you know to make it and it's all so the bioreactor actually protects it from stuff right from pollutants and yeah. things yeah well you're dealing with culture so you want to keep those cultures pure you can do, uh, you know, you can get a fish tank and grow your own spirulina. It's pretty easy. But, you know, there will be inevitably some contamination, nothing dangerous, sure. but it just may not be the pure spore from the from the chlorella or the spirulina or whatever you're trying to grow. The Russians really have uh, an advantage because when we were being shut down here, when they threw uh, Wilhelm Reich into, you know, jail and, and everybody else, that, you know, is trying to do something good for the planet, uh, the Russians continued uh, that research and actually, uh, you know, took it a step further while verifying that, wow, those guys really knew what they were talking about. Yeah. If you have a question or a comment, you can do the email, Patrick, oneradionetwork.com, or if you're brave, do a telephone. The folks saying somebody hung up is 888-663-6386. So do you think um, just in general, like the powdered spirulina or chlorella, a reasonable thing to take in day in our smoothies? Oh, fantastic. It's amazing. And, you know, one thing that people don't realize is the inert matter elements uh, or inorganic, I meant to say, that make everything tick. So if you take Jiao Gulan Mm -hmm. and you get the proportionate 
cell salt side of it, which is has a unique uh, profile compared to, say, ashwagandha, that's what makes it work. That's why, you know, I do spagyric medicine. Spagyric? And it's a whole process. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a whole process of whole plant medicine wow. that is a very elevated energetically. But the key thing is, is after we do the first two uh, steps of the processing, we keep the plant matter that has already had all of the things, the essence and so forth uh, distilled out of it. And then we kiln that and extract that proportion of those elements, those salts uh, from that plant and then put it back in because that's what makes it tick. So if you just get a regular herbal tincture and you're just tincturing it in alcohol and extracting the essence out of it, which is in in old alchemy, that would be considered the soul or the sulfur. Um, You know, you're only getting a portion of that and you're really not getting the blueprint of the, the cell salts that make it work. And the cell salts are those inorganic elements that uh, resonate and uh, uh, with the organic elements actually in the atmosphere and then precipitate matter. So the cells, uh, you know, if they need Zhao Gulan, most of all, they need that profile of cell salts. Well, that's pretty trippy. So it's kind of the idea of uh, Rudolf Steiner and the together using both everything. Yeah, Steiner, you know, really, of he, course, he um, you know, I was fortunate enough to study under a very prominent Steiner, uh, you know, person from Germany early on in my life. Uh, really? He was a musicologist and esteemed as the, the head Steiner anthroposophical guy in the world at that point. So he kind of took me under his wing. So Steiner was one of my early influences. But predating Steiner was, um, you know, the old school alchemist. And alchemy, which is now considered superstition, is real science. Science, as we consider it today, is superstition. It's absolute superstition. It's, of course, you know, you know, everything's been inverted. The truth has been inverted. It's kind of backwards. Whatever we hear, just, just tip it back up the other way and you might get closer to the truth. So, talk to us a little like we're a young child or a golden retriever. <laughs> what, what is alchemy? What's alchemy? Well, alchemy is a complete science. It's the study. Mm-hmm. Well, it's threefold. Okay. But on the ground, what you have to do is understand there's a quanti- quantitative side, which is exclusively what has become what we think of as science. But there's a qualitative side. And the qualitative side understands those electronic levels that we've been alluding to the ethers whatever you want to call them and then you know that is the canvas that allows us to create from if you you know take away those two or separate them then you don't have a complete science so alchemists were complete scientists they understood how to not only measure both sides of the equation but also to manipulate both sides you know to uh you know achieve whatever they were they were doing the third part of alchemy is that it doesn't 
like in in science that I learned in school, we pretend that we're not in the room. You know, we do these double blind control groups, and it's it's all a bunch of nonsense. When you understand waveform mechanics, it's impossible to have a double blind whatever. And then, of course, peer review and and everything that they you know use to prove themselves. It's just the dummies agreeing with the dummies. So you know, real science, you have to have you know understand all of those different levels and understand that you are part of that. You can't separate yourself out of it. It's impossible. Right. And so uh, an alchemist does a lot of inner work um, in order to, uh, you know, assure that his whole chemical laboratory process, I have a, you know, a chemistry lab where I do this stuff here on the property. You know, when you go in there, it's a sacred space and you, you know, you clear, you have different other things in the room that help you achieve that. And, uh, you know, it's uh, the whole process is analogous to our life process. And you realize that laboratory experience is really for your own benefit to elevate your own consciousness. So a true alchemist, you know, has to be firing on all cylinders. So the idea that we we don't look or see anything um, without affecting it, but we can reach a state of consciousness where we're not? No, right? Or no? I would, I, well, a- again, I'm not pretending to have all the secrets of the universe here, but... Oh, come my, on, I thought uh, you did, really. Yeah, my belief is that, you know, it's pretty impossible to be neutral because we are our own unique energetic signature. So what we want to do is as much as possible as a laboratory scientist, um, you know, uh, do exactly what we're doing with our... um, with our plant medicines or with our mineral medicines, you know, there's, there's three components, uh, you know, the, the spirit or the mercury, you know, that would be the alcohol you think of as, you know, what you tincture with, with maybe a plant. And when I make a plant medicine, like the Jiao Gulan, what I do is I take a bunch of it and I make a wine out of it. And then I put through the wine through about five distillations to make it a higher elevated or higher octane alcohol. Then I take fresh plant matter and then I use that alcohol, the spirits, and then I take the plant matter to, uh, uh, you know, from the spirits that it was made out of. And then I use that to extract the essence or the soul or the sulfur out of the plant matter. And then I use an apparatus where it goes through many cycles. I keep putting plant matter in so I can get it as strong, you know, as I want. I do it in a vacuum so it doesn't need heat or as much heat so you don't destroy the vital elements. And then, like I said, then you take the... Um, you know, the the salts that are left over from the spent plant matter, kiln it and purify them, throw it all back. Now, what you've done is you've taken, and that's called the salt or the body. So, it's, you've taken the three levels of any biological being and we're the same, you know, the, the, the spirit, the soul and the body. You separated them out, you've purified each, then you put them back together into an elevated hole. And when you take that plant medicine, not only is it very strong, but it's very powerful on all levels of your being. It's not just going to uh, make effects biologically, but it's going to make effects on all levels of your consciousness. Whoa. Oh, I love that. Can, can, can we, all of us, experience that through your website and purchase some of this magic potion, or is it secret? Um, it takes... Uh, 
many, many months wow. and sometimes several years, especially with certain types of mineral stones and things that become mm-hmm. even more powerful than plant medicines uh, in order to manufacture. So, uh, all, I'm, you know, I just built a new lab here in this new farm setting. And so, over the next few years, I'm going to be, you know, making, uh, you know, all of these things and then, uh, you know, outletting them to, you know, a minimum or limited quantity, probably to our private club members. But you, you can't possibly make something of that quality um, and make it available sure. to the masses. There's a lot of people out there that are saying, oh, I'm making spagyrics, but eh, they're not really true spagyrics because they're missing one or more components of the whole real process. Mm-hmm. Is Do you go through a private club process for uh, alphavatic.com now or is that in the future? Um, that We're forming it right now. You know, we have our regular site that we make teas and things available, but, um, you know, we're forming up private membership association that uh, also has some other built-in we'll call legality features so that we can (laughs) work in the world uh, without inner being interfered with by the orcs out there that you know are going to go after you if you're doing anything good well i generally will not join a club that would allow me to become a member because but uh, (laughs) <laughs> but I want to join that club, so let me know because I'll I want to join up. This is a this is an email from Gislaine, not uh, the one in prison. But uh, thank you for your this one. <laughs> I've never met a Gislaine, so thank you for this wonderful talk. So much to unpack here. We'll be listening to it again and again. Yeah, and we'll post this video up on BitChute oh in a few hours and have the audio here in a few hours as well, and you can re-listen. Because, you know, this is like a Ph.D. in, in life we're having here with uh, Bear Paul Lando. Um, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com is the email. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Or you can call 888-663-6386. I wanted to chat about this a bit. Um, uh, long ago, you know, in my days of uh, reading Krishnamurti and Alan Watts, you know, and... Uh, Ram Das and uh, Osho, you know, he was called Bhagwan Shi Rajneesh there. I was so fascinated by the mind, thoughts, and this was 40 years ago. And I just wanted to, 30 years, I want to figure it out, you know. I just wanted to understand how it all worked early on. I think 1980s when I really started, I kind of woke up and said, what's going on here? Um, I spent a lot of years going through life just kind of observing my thoughts, Right. I would just do what I do. I just observe the thoughts. But you know, it got to a point where I had to take it to another level because I wasn't really getting anywhere doing that. Does that make sense? I wasn't really becoming self-realized and knowing I was soul. I just, I just wasn't. So this whole idea of thoughts to me is still fascinating because you know, the old yogis and the yogic tradition talks about, well, you just watch the thoughts and the clouds going through, you know, going through the, you know, heavens and don't worry about it and blah, blah, blah. But there's no separation, right, with anything. So we are not separate from our thoughts. And we could not experience, oh, that thought is a fearful thought or something if we weren't part of it, right? I mean, how can you observe a thought that was a fear thought and not feel the fear 
and it be separate from you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> What's your ideas on this? I'm really, I'm really curious. Well, you know, thoughts are things. Right. And again, when you default back to the physics of things, you have, uh, you know, the fact that every thought creates a polarization. It creates an electrical vector that then polarizes. That creates a resonance between, you know, a tension between the polarities. And then you step it down to the astral or emotional plane, and that's what gives it the velocity to really start resonating and then pop into the matrix, you know, pop into that dual, you know, compression radiation cycle that, you know, creates the next picture frame of what we think of as physicality. Um, you know, it might be interesting when you go back to Steiner. He was a member of the Theosophical Movement. And theosophy originally was based on the principles, Luciferian principles. And when I say Luciferian, we're not talking about a guy with, you know, horns, horns. and a pitchfork. Yeah. He is actually an entity. And go back to the fact that, no, we're, you know, people are taking pictures with technology that allow these beings from other realms to be, you know, visibly present yes. or verifiable. So, uh, Lucifer did incarnate, and that influence, and he incarnated in the Asian culture. And that's why Asian cultures, um, you know, Luciferian concepts, it's about leaving your body and, um, you know, having out-of-body experiences and so forth. And it's all about being somewhere else. You can get into these other realms, yeah. but, you know, we're here to master the physical realm. Now, the other, the second incarnation was the Christ consciousness through the Nazarene. We all know what that was. Now, the, the third entity from these other realms that is right now trying to materialize is Armand, you know, which uh, Armand, who Steiner talked about, and that is the destroyer. You know, it's just about physical, uh, the superstition of uh, physicality or, you know, what we might call that. And that's what we see. Everything is our world is mechanized. Medicine is just this, this sterile, you know, um, you know, turning into AI and, and everything else. And it's all the ills of the world. But the Christ consciousness is right in the middle. And so the Western world, of course, is we're masterful at manifesting and not so good at understanding other realms. And so at this point, our job is to take those two influences and become the Christ consciousness, which is a balance of each, being in the world, but not of it. Uh -huh. And then you can manifest beauty and not just at the expense of spirit. You know, spirit and soul has been taken out of everything. So I think when you get into the discussion of, um, well, you know, I'm doing my meditation practices and trying to stop thoughts and everything. I, I believe what we're really maybe should be focused on is uh, focusing not on not having thoughts, but requalifying them and then getting at the stories behind why we might have bad habits that qualify them to create all the things we don't want in the first place. More integrating because soul and mind really are so close all the time. We use the mind all the time. So to think that the mind is bad or try to reprogram it, uh, I kind of went through that for a few years and it was a waste of time. You know, uh, So I think a lot all the time, but I'm thinking what I want to think, right? Uh, I talk to God, I talk to myself, I talk to my potatoes, I don't know, I talk to everybody. You know? 
It's so, <laughs> but we're still in the moment when we're doing that because we're conscious that we're a spiritual being, and it's not like thinking about next Thursday and getting getting in that whole thing that we we do as well sometimes. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think. Therefore, I am. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are a consciousness, a level of consciousness capable of producing thought, then you are a create a co-creator. Yes, sir. Period. Yeah. And uh, that uh, the mental plane is that first ether level, or, or actually they call it the fourth, but it's the first step down. And that is the heat, you know, because the electricity, the electrical vectors create heat, then that becomes light, then, you know, and so forth. It takes on geometric form and then life as we know it. So the mental plane is just the first step down into our reality. And then, of course, the real powerhouse is. Uh, You know, when it gets down into the emotional body, the astral realm, as some people think of it, because not only does that qualify things to give it the velocity, uh, you know, to actually pop into the matrix, but also it's going to give it the quality that is going to determine our experience, whether it's pleasant or not so much. So the feeling aspect of thought and creation is important, that feeling of whatever, which which is, I guess, why... It's easy to get caught up in fear and worry because there's such a strong feeling to it, people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And you know, I I had a forty-plus year career treating people with chronic degenerative diseases. They're mostly people with all these horrible neurological degenerative diseases. You know, your MS and your cancers and your, you know, and so forth. And they always came into our clinic, uh, you know, as a last resort. And you know, the most um, difficult thing was to get them to a place, you know, meet them where they're at, but then take them to a place where they had a certain awareness, you know, and finally that awareness would uh, drop down into the feeling level and start to alleviate those fears. Because, you know, when you have experience and information it can't just be purely mental but there is a process that you know we we kind of had a good handle on so that those feelings would actually start to change they say oh it really doesn't work like that cancer is actually uh, a biological expression meant to heal it's not a disease that's out to get me and so the thing that you know, the reason why we have all these children's cancer hospitals and things is because it's become this fear entity, you know, in our culture. And that will manifest if we were understanding the truth of what that really was, then these things would go full circle to our benefit and to the point where they'd never occur in the first place. So it's really about alleviating the emotional body from fear. And of course, there's no coincidence that what we see in the world now is fear, 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 fear. They know it and they use it and they've got it down to an art form, including technologies where they project uh, carrier waves modified by other waves that change our behavior into more of a fearful anxiety state. So what you said about cancer is like, boy, you talk about the mother load of a system that's kind of built, you know, what a trillion dollars cancer, and she's having it battling with cancer. She battled cancer for 10 years, and, and it's just not like that. Can you explain what cancer cells are trying to do? Why they're there? 
Well, let's go on the simple level first, biological. Okay. Let's just say you have an accumulation of certain things that maybe don't belong in your body. We're breathing them in the atmosphere. Toxins and poisons. Pharmaceuticals. And, yeah. And so what the body does, and you know, you go into Chinese medicine, they call the six stages of disease, and it coincides exactly with the, the way it works. When these uh, things accumulate in the body, the body intelligently mm -hmm. sequesters them off. Mm -hmm. If they're overwhelming the elimination systems, it then starts putting them somewhere and it kind of walls them around. It could be in a joint where, oh, you have arthritis. It could be in a soft tissue where you get a little lump, you know, oh, it's cancer. But what the body does is sooner or later, if you don't clean it up with your own lifestyle and just self-conscious efforts, then the body will try to clean it up for you. And the way it does that is it starts creating more cellular mass because every cell is a little set of lungs that brings fresh oxygen into it. And when you have those sequestered areas in the body with that junk there, it's a fermentation toxic waste dump. And so the body tries to clean it up and a cellular mass is the first step in trying to turn that around. That's just on biological. We could go a little bit further in all the steps in that, but you get the idea. Now on another level, now, this gets a little trickier because you have to get into um, something we call new German medicine. Yes. And I know you've had Dr. Melissa Sell here. She's yeah. a wonderful soul. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's kind of her thing. I uh, started working with, uh, you know, new German medicine, you know, you know, maybe 30 years ago or so. And what that understands is um, when we have an, ins an insult to the psyche, a traumatic insult, um, you know, because we are embryologically programmed with every form of animal life, you know, that works on pure instincts for survival. Well, on the human level, we play those out. Let's just say you're out shopping and someone says, uh, you know, throw on your mask. What are you, an idiot or something? You take that as an insult. Well, that's, uh, you know, can be equated in the animal instinctual level as some kind of encroachment. And now what we have built into us is the ability for the uh, um, the capacity to reach higher consciousness to have our biology clearing our psyche so that we no longer have to just stay on a pure animal instinctual level. You know, we can elevate our consciousness. So biology comes to the rescue. So let's just say... Uh, you're a mom and, you know, you've got an issue with a daughter or you lose a sibling or uh, with your partner. Well, the mammary glands are that part of our body that nurture, yeah. you know, and I'm just using some real sure. loose examples. And so now if there's some insult on the psyche that says, okay, we're, we're losing the ability to nurture, losing our family, our partner, so forth, then the biology will come to the rescue and it might grow some new cells in the breast and on on that biological uh, um, psyche nexus and we can explain how things go from the psyche by way of waveforms what we're talking about trigger the exact part of the brain the hind brain that has to do with the endodermal tissue that has to do with the tissue in the breast then the breast will start growing new tissue there that allows that particular organ to make more milk and 
biologically express okay you can nurture you can you know take care take care of that loved one that you you know you think you're losing or or so forth yeah and then you know and then if we understand if we have the awareness and this is where new german medicine comes in with your client you help them make that connection and then with that awareness we realize oh it's not a disease and then what i would do in bioterrain medicine is some extra steps to make sure that the body had everything it needed so that it would go full circle and the growth would go away and not getting into what we called a hanging conflict in new german medicine so and very often so let's go ahead well so so when the awareness comes in and you begin to understand what's going on you can do th things biologically physically that helps the process but do you feel like you have to have both or yeah. Now, there was a time, and even in my lifetime, when I was first in school, you know, you would visualize these little scars in body cavities when you're doing autopsies and things. Wow. And they said, oh, those are tumor scars. And, uh, you know, my mom succumbed from cancer, so-called. And I said, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you know, tumor scar. And, uh, you know, and they said, well, those things come and go in the body. Usually you don't even know about it. And, and sometimes they don't go. You die with it, not because of it. But now we live in a day and age where our bodies are so compromised that it usurps all of our resources and our materials that we need to run the biology properly. So, um, by, um bioterrain medicine would come in where I could assess to make sure that everything from microbial um, colonizations that were necessary, you know, in order to, to make things run full circle, dissolve the tumor when it had done its job, and all the other necessary ingredients were there while you're bringing up the awareness of the patient of what's going on in the first place. And, you know, most of the time we had a happy uh, ending. Wow. Uh, fascinating. Uh, bear